internet, you're tuned into episode 95 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Man, 95 episodes. Can you believe it? I, I, I actually cannot. I can't believe we persisted through all of this. Uh, you know, five <laughs> episodes is going to be a big milestone. Might have some big changes coming. Maybe, maybe a few things for you to look out for. Maybe some, you know, some changes of the format. Maybe some new, some new stuff coming around the corner. <laughs> Who knows? You'll just have to tune in for the next five episodes when we reach episode 100. We are in the lead up, gang. I am, I'm excited. It's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Sorry, you caught me <laughs> mid sip of hot chocolate, and like I was just like. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I just, I love it because I like, I, I throw it to you with this energy and I just see you panicking with a mug in your hand. Like, oh yeah. no, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I've got hot chocolate in my mouth and I really just don't want to spit this everywhere. You got to wait until I get to the plugs. You got like a solid three minutes of me That's tripping what... over myself to drink. That's where I thought you were going. I thought, right, he's going to like use this, go straight into the plugs, but then you fired it back to me and I was like, oh no, I'm so off guard. I really have no idea. This is just not working. <laughs> So, speaking of the plugs, welcome to the podcast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we talk about all things Nintendo. Uh, you can get us all around the web, wherever you you know get your content for the video games. We are there making the content for the video games under the name LootPots. You can follow us on social media. Get your thoughts right on the end of our MailPot segment by joining our Discord, writing into me at Pete at LootPots.com, going and getting our weekly Twitter thread. Of course, if you want to get a little bit more of us in your life, uh, we are back on Twitch every Thursday. We've been streaming Animal Crossing. We got a two-week streak going again, so we're back. You can't mess us up. We're here. So uh, I hope if you missed last week's stream, I hope you'll tune in for this next one. And if you've got any ideas for other games you'd like to see I us have play. An, I have an idea for next You week. have a pitch? I would like to play Jackbox Pipe Pack 7, which came out today Ooh. as of recording. And we can play that with the community next week. I love that idea. So yeah, maybe we'll have to. I, we'll see if maybe we do two streams. Maybe we get that in on our Thursday. We'll figure it out. But either way, uh, we'll get some Jackbox going pretty soon because I haven't tried it yet, and I'd love to. Um, but if there's any other games you want to see us, you know, give a go. Make sure you let us know. And of course, if you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime. Go give us your sub. Help us keep the lights on. Uh, the best way you can support the show, though, of course, is to head over to patreon.com slash lootpots, where if you get us at that $1 level, you'll get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, where every week uh, we talk, we keep the mics rolling for another hour. We talk about stuff that's not necessarily related to Nintendo. We've been talking a lot about Next Gen recently. And uh, on this week, we have a very special episode where we are doing another spoiler cast, this time around, for Persona. Of five Royal with one of you fine folks, one of our Patreon supporters, Mr. Zaid Ida, who's been, you know, the man who has just so much Persona hype, you could barely contain it. He's the man who pushed me to play Persona 5 Royal, and then of course it was only appropriate to invite him over for this uh this after dark. So I, I had a great time talking about the game with him. We uh we went in for like an hour and a half, it's a long one. And uh, I think it's I think it's well worth your time. So if you have enjoyed me talking about Persona on this show and you want to go in as deep as we can get, that's the, that's the program for you. So I hope you'll go check it out. I hope you'll show us your support over there. But if not, of course, that's great. We're glad you're here anyway. So let's jump into the show. Let's start by talking about what we're playing this week. I uh, have been playing more Hades. That's been the, the main thing. I've been dipping in and out of Animal Crossing, but I don't have too much to say about that. Uh, I talked, you know... 
at decent length last week about what was working about Hades for me. And I know we had Max on the week before that, so I don't want to dig into any of that stuff. But uh, I actually almost got my first complete run of the game last night. I got up to the very last boss, uh, was about to get out of the underworld, and got there with like 50 health. And was like, ah, oh, shit, like, oh, I'm not going to beat this, you know? And, like, I was hoping that there would be another break or something. Because I hit the point where you get, you know, spoilers for Hades, we've already talked about it. The goal of the game is to get out of the underworld, right? I got to the surface, and then there was a boss. And I was like, ah, no, so close. <laughs> and I had this amazing, like, I had built out such a good, like, um kit with the boons and everything like I had exactly what I wanted I'd level it all out really well like and now you know it's a crapshoot if you can get that same you know layout again basically um you can try to plan around it a little bit but uh I was like heartbroken because I came so like I, I got him down to uh like 50 percent of his health even though uh you know I was so low because I was just dodging and weaving like crazy so close I could taste it which like it in one sense it was disappointing, but in the other sense I was like, all right, well I gotta go again, gotta do another run, and that's the magic of that game. Is it like a dice roll situation then, where you just it, it depends on how the level goes to whether your um, loadout actually will work? So, not about whether it will work or not necessarily, but it's like because everything's randomly generated. You know the way that it works is like anytime you walk into any given chamber. There's usually one to two doors that you can exit to go to the next one. And you know what's going to be in that chamber. Like there's like an emblem on the door of which god is there or, you know, what uh, benefit you like. If, like if it's like the currency that you spend or the darkness, which is the uh, permanent currency that you can use to upgrade your character. So like you have an idea of what you're going to be rewarded with. But the boons that you that um, generate for each god are random every time. So like. Say the first the the first one you get every time is random too. So that's like the before you even go in the first chamber, you get a random boon from a god and you can pick one of the three things, but the three things that they offer you are, are random. So like I might know that I really like this one ability that Zeus offers with this specific weapon, but just because I want that doesn't mean that Zeus's emblem is necessarily going to show up. And if it does, he might offer me three that are not the one I wanted. So, like, you can tailor it a certain amount. And I've started knowing, like, oh, I really like, you know, this specific god's boon. And I, I, I like this with this weapon or whatever. So, like, if I see that, I can intentionally go in that direction and hopefully get what I want. But you're not guaranteed. And I happened to have a run where I was like on fire, where it was like, I had this great layout. I was like annihilating people. I was super comfortable with what I had. And then, you know, the next two runs I had, I didn't even get uh, to the last area, you know, like I got to like the third boss and died. And I was like, shoot, you know, like I'd beaten that boss, the third boss uh, or the fourth major boss, I guess for the first time and then got all the way to the end of the game, which I had never done before. And I haven't been able to do it again. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't peaked and you will actually eventually defeat that last boss then. I, I, I know I will just because like the progression in the game is so good. Like I'm constantly getting stronger and like getting through things easier. So it's like, I know I'll get there. It's just how many more runs is it going to be when I was that close that time, you know, because I had that problem with the second boss is uh, a bone hydra. And I remember the first time I beat it, 
I got all the way to the next world, and then I couldn't beat it like the next three or four runs I went through because I was just getting, you know, I just wasn't lucking out with what I with what I pulled. Um, or, you know, it was getting later and my chops were getting stale, either way. Uh, but I think that being said, the fact that, like, this game is so good at, like, the carrot and the stick of, like, it pushes you back down. It pushes you down, but you're like, well, fuck you, I want to get back up again. Like, I need to beat it. I need to get to the end. So, I'm still loving it, and I I really, really recommend anybody, you know, who wants, like, a nice, like, tight, action-oriented indie game to, to chew chew on right now while you're waiting for, like, the next, you know, big thing or whatever. Um, I couldn't recommend Hades more highly. Yeah, it's still on my list to check out. I just haven't got around to it. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't know if it's going to be one of those ones. Oh, I, th- I think it is probably going to be one of those ones where I just pick it up when I'm at my parents' at Christmas, and I'm just like... I'm waiting for something to play. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's like everyone's just chilling. There's nothing really much to do, and I'll probably be like searching through the eShop. Oh, Hades, and I'll probably pick it up at that point. But having said that, going back to what we said last week, I do really want to play it to to bring it into discussions for Game of the Year because I think it probably is going to be pretty high up there on most people's lists. Yeah, it's definitely a contender for me. I don't. <laughs> I have to really think about it. I don't know if it would break my top five overall, but when we do our show and it's like through the the constraints of games that were on Switch, it's probably probably number two for me right now uh, if I had to pick. So, yeah, I I love Hades. I'm really enjoying it. I am going to try to not keep talking about it uh, and like have something new to talk about next week. So um, if this <laughs> is the last pitch I get for you, pick up Hades. It's really good. I was gonna say this is gonna be like your new persona. It just never ends. It's just gonna be going on it's for like, the I rest can't of the beat year. It. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been playing a little Minecraft Dungeons. How's that I have, going? Yeah. So I finished Carrion earlier in the week. I was um, I was then just searching through Game Pass again. So full disclosure, I played this on Xbox again, but it is available on Switch, and I think it plays pretty well on uh, Switch from having read some of the reviews. Uh, I'm not 100% sold in this game. I do like it, and I think it serves a really great purpose and a really great market. It very much feels like Baby's first Diablo. Uh, There's no classes involved. You just build your character based on Minecraft skins, and you let loose into the Minecraft world. The the premise for the game is illagers have captured villagers, and you have to go and save all the villagers and slowly build out your camp. Um, And you can play it completely co-op, either online, or split screen well not really split screen but multiple controllers hooked up couch co-op uh, I've been playing it solo so far haven't played with with anyone else I'm hoping to rope Macaulay in for a couple of uh, a couple of dungeons because they're uh, a huge Minecraft fan they like grew up with it it's that Zuma um, Zuma lifestyle of growing up yep. on Minecraft <laughs> um but yeah, I'm not 100% sold on it. It doesn't flow as well as Diablo does. I think they could have worked a little bit better. You have to go into a, a map screen to select where you want to go on a specific quest, which then like transports you to a different place. Whereas Diablo, you you literally walk out of the camp and you're into the world where you're actually going to be fighting. And the story mm-hmm. even takes place in the camp. The store is bland, but who really cares? You're not playing the the game for the story. But if you're looking for something, I think it's probably ideal for a parent who loves Diablo 
and wants to get their kid involved into something like that, but you know they're familiar with Minecraft, don't want to introduce them to something that's maybe a little bit too mature for them, it's a simple story, simple uh, controls and mechanics. It's move with the left stick. They totally ripped off the controls from Diablo. You roll with the right <laughs> stick to get away out of danger. You can map different um, items to the... the um, the face buttons A, B, X, and Y, uh, and right trigger is just your ranged attack. Um, but I'm having a good time with it so far. I'm not sure how much more I'm going to play because um, because of how simple it is. I'm I'm kind of just thinking I'm probably just going to pick Diablo up again on on Switch <laughs> yeah, and, I and you actually actually play the the proper game. Uh, but if you're looking for something to play with your kids or you're just a big Minecraft fan and you like dungeon crawlers in general, uh, I would say Minecraft Dungeons is worth checking out. Especially if you've got Game Pass and you can just try it for free, which is which is what I did. It's like why not try it, right? Yeah, it's funny. Like <clears throat> I saw, I saw a lot of commentary on the game when it came out that seemed pretty similar to what you're saying, and um, which I was never really interested in it. But that was like a nail in the coffin moment for me because I don't like Diablo because it's too simple. Oh no, Diablo is um, not simple. There's so much complexity in terms of skill trees. The like six different classes that are in Diablo three. There's so much you can do, and you can really customize your character to be what you want it to be. Especially if you yeah, play with a party of players. But this takes all of that out of it, and then just makes it basically a button smasher. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mean that with any kind of derision. I think it's just like for me, like Diablo's just never clicked. Like it, it feels to me that it, it, it doesn't appeal to me for the same reason that like Musos don't or that like looter shooters don't. Where it's like, it just feels like there's a lot to do and there's skill trees and there's this and that, but like it just feels shallow, you know. Or like I know um, the most experience I had with Diablo, and I think I've told this story in like an earlier episode, way earlier episode of the show. Where um, I, I got it for my roommate in college and we played it together for like a summer or whatever. And it was fine, but I it was only fun to me because we were playing it together and like drinking and like making fun of the dialogue and, you know, like having that couch co-op experience. And that was at a time where there was a lot less couch co-op games available. Which um, Diablo was this? D3 or? Three, oh, yeah, I, yeah I was going to say it probably was Diablo 3 because I don't think Diablo 2 ever got a console port. Yeah, no, it would have to be three. It was three when it came to PlayStation 4 uh, and Xbox. And, yeah, and it was, like, fine, but, like, I never felt challenged by it. It never felt difficult. It never felt like, you know, it was just, like, okay, like, I'm just kind of button mashing. Like, I'm standing here and just, like, spamming the same attacks and doing the same shit. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it just I, it never clicked for me, you know? And, like, I definitely, I get the appeal, um, but I think it's just, like, it's just one of those games that's not for me. No, so, I like, totally to hear get that, that this is, like, yeah. an even more, like, pared-back version, it's like, nah, no thanks. Now, see, I get that, and but I get that in the same way that you have such passion and enthusiasm for Pokemon, and I know that all of the right. complexities that you go into in terms of training specific Pokemon to have different stats and stuff, none of that's for me, but getting the correct equipment so I've got the right DPS versus mm-hmm. do I want to play as a tank or who, who's going to be the healer in the party and stuff like that. All of that fascinates me with Diablo and the stuff with Pokemon that you, you're interested in. I, I totally appreciate the fact that Pokemon's a huge franchise, but none of it interests me. The only thing I like Pokemon for is 
um, searching around and catching things, which I right. think you can play <laughs> the game as, but it's not really, you're not really getting the full value for money out of the game if you play it like that. Yeah, it's just like a different different strokes kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And for, for whatever reason, like the Diablo loop has just never quite grabbed me. Um, you, but, the loot is it the loot thing? Like, do you like looter shooters like um, no. Destiny? So I don't like loot. Like okay. I, um, like I've, I've talked about how I love Mass Effect, right? And like, uh, my least favorite game in the trilogy is Mass Effect One. And one of the primary reasons I don't like it is because it has a bunch of like spreadsheety ass RPG elements where it's like, ah, yes, you found this pistol and this pistol has a slightly better fire rate than this one. And it deals this kind of damage. And but and you can if you don't want it, you can d- break it down and get gel that you can use for this other shit. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. what, you know, like that's not. That That's very not much, why I play games. That very much feels like Destiny 2 does now, where you, you break down the components of the, the guns and things. Get your and light use or whatever, stuff. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where and I it, fell off on it, because Destiny feels great as like a shooter, but I just yeah, didn't want to do any of that Yeah, the shooting mechanics are great, but I would, I'm just like, just make a shooter. Like, just make an FPS that I can play, because I would play that. I loved mm-hmm. Halo uh, for years, and I'm excited about Halo Infinite. Like, that's just more my kind of game, you know? And I, I've never liked games that are gear like that oriented. Like, I played WoW when it was hot for, like, a minute, and I was just like, I don't like this. Like, I don't like grinding for gear that becomes obsolete, and then I have to grind for more shit. And it's the same reason that like I, I kicked the tires on Monster Hunter Ultimate when I came out, and it was fun for, like, a week. And then I was like, I'm done with this. This is boring. This is the same mm-hmm. stuff. And, like, it's so funny because I know for certain kinds of gamers, like, they'll get into a game like that, and it'll be the only game they play forever. You oh, know? yeah. And, like, I, that's what they want. My, my friend's so. currently building a, P- a gaming PC just so he can play... Water uh, Warcraft at high frame rate. That's it. That's the only reason he wants it. That's so funny to me. And I mean, like, whatever, man. Like, God bless, right? Like, as long as you're having fun, like, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we jump into the news, I've got a, a a little question from the question block, which, uh, if you're new here, that is a segment on this show where I head over to the Nintendo subreddit and I pull a question from some random person and uh, we throw it out. So this one comes from Asad Faruqi, who says, if you could only play one Nintendo system for the rest of your life, which would you choose and why? So I oh. wanted to bring this up because I think it's a it's a question that when I heard it, I was like, um, my knee jerk was like, well, I'd pick the Switch, obviously. Yeah, mine the too Switches. was that, yeah. But my thing is, th- like, if you pick the Switch, you there are so many classic nintendo games that you'd then never be able to touch again and like that's tough to swallow are they gonna be ported does this is is it like set are we saying setting the caveat of this is set in stone as is now nintendo don't add any more like backwards compatible no i would say if you pick this if you pick the switch you get everything that comes moving forward on the switch for this the sake of the switch's uh the duration of its life lifetime right so like if tomorrow they're like oh with pokemon collections coming to switch all the pokemon games are on switch then i then it would be like all right cool fuck it i'm in i'm in that's that works but like the thought of of me being like okay if i pick the switch that means i can never ever play any of the pokemon games that i think are the best pokemon games again that's a tough pill to swallow okay but then in that case pick something like the 3ds because you can play them all on there because they were available on the download store right 
on the eShop. Yeah, and then you have the virtual console for a yeah, lot of that Yeah, so you got the whole virtual console. It depends then, I guess, if you want handheld or home console, because you could, if you wanted the virtual console, get the Wii U, and you could play, like, the DS versions of the uh, Zelda remakes and things like that. But yeah. I don't know. I think Would- I'd still pick the Switch. It's really tough. It's really tough, because, like... Again, like, my knee-jerk reaction with the Switch is, like, I think the Switch is my favorite piece of hardware, like, just as a console, and it has a great library, and I would hate to be able to, to like, walk away and be like, you can never touch Breath of the Wild. You can no, never but you touch can Odyssey. touch Breath of the Wild. If you pick the Wii U, you could play Breath of the Wild. I'm not picking the Wii U. <laughs> that's that's the worst one you could, like, why don't you pick the Virtual Boy while you're at it? Come no, on. No, but if you pick the Wii U, you get access to the whole of the Wii U library, the whole of the Wii library, all of the GameCube library. You get access to the virtual console, which has a lot of N sixty four games. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to like cheat like that. Where I'm like, that's not cause, cheating because it's saying no, I can the pick question one is, system. You... All right, okay, all right. That's that's an argument. That's an argument to be made. I'll give you that. So like, the Wii U virtual console is not as good as the Wii's though. No, it's not. It doesn't have like the master system or or I didn't think it had tablet graphics or any of that stuff. It doesn't have as many of the deep cuts. So it's like that's a compelling argument is like maybe you pick the Wii because you could you would there's so many games on it. But like yeah. the Switch has more games than any Nintendo console has ever had by a pretty wide margin. But before so like, the Switch, everything I played in terms of Nintendo was just on the Wii. Like I would play Mario Party and we just put one of the six hundred Mario Parties they brought out on the GameCube into the console. Yeah, I used to play Mario Party two on my Wii just with GameCube controllers plugged in at the top. Yeah. <sighs> what a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I, you know if what I'm, I mean? Like, it's tough. I, I'm picking Switch, though. Like, the, the, the games that are on there are phenomenal. I, I, I don't think I could go back to original Animal Crossing or any Animal Crossing in the franchise prior to New Horizons now. Just because of the changes to that was so insane. Mm. Like, yeah. terraforming, putting stuff outside on your island. That alone is worth it, I think. I know. Like, I agree with you, but, like, it hurts. Like, it hurts to say, like, to be like, you ne- you could never play Pokemon Blue again, ever, in your life. The, but it's they might gone. do the remake, or are you send the remake? But if you? they don't, then yeah. I'm just, that's it. That's yeah, it done. forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those, like... It feels like the the lowest stakes version of that question of like if you could push this button and it would kill a random person in the world, but you'd get a million dollars, would you do it? It's like no, like I don't want to make that choice, you know. Like if it, it feels like it's like, would you like to shoot some of your most precious childhood memories out of this airlock? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like in that case, but, are you picking the 3DS then, so you can keep playing Pokemon Blue forever, but then potentially never get another mainline Pokemon game ever? I would never get one, right? No. You'd never get another one. No. And that's the thing, though. If you pick the Switch, eventually you'd never get another new Nintendo game anyway. So, like, that, that yeah, is but, always yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's always going to be the case, but you're more likely to on the Switch than if you picked an old console, because they're not going to keep making them for the old console. Right, yeah. So I, I think I'd have to go with the Switch just because it, it, in just raw volume, you're way less likely to run out of things to do. And as much as I like the 3DS, I talked about it in our 3DS like memoriam episode. Like I didn't connect with the 3DS as much as the Switch, you know? Yeah. So like, 
Yeah, I think the only other one that I would m- maybe entertain would be like the Wii U, or maybe even like because nah, I was gonna say DS. But if you pick DS, you can play Game Boy Advance games, but not Game Boy Color games. Which is yeah, a but to be honest, the Game Boy Color games I'm not massively fussed about. The Game Boy Advance was the console I really. That was the one I the first handheld I properly connected with. I had a Game Boy Color, but I wasn't massively into any of the games. But when I got oh, I was. the GBA, I was like, oh yeah. Dude, Game Boy Color, man, like Link's Awakening, you got two ge- the two two of the best generations of Pokemon games. Like right then and that 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 if that was all there was, it'd be good. That's enough. You know, I don't know. Alright. I'm gonna say the switch. As much as it pains me, as much as it hurts to do. I'm going to say the switch. You got to you got to move forward. You know, you got to be like a yeah. shark. You got to just keep moving yeah. forward. <laughs> I'm curious though, if you were going to pick a GBA, which GBA would it be? Would it be the original GBA, that really nice widescreen oh. style SP or you got micro? I never owned the SP. Didn't like you? I No, I, that was often like what I would do as like a gamer, especially when I was younger and I wasn't deciding on what hardware I got, right? Like I would get consoles as they were newer yeah. and then not not get the modular versions later like i got a game boy color and i ended up getting a second game boy color at one point so that i could trade pokemon from with myself because i was a psycho but um aside from from those like you know that was it right with the gba i got the original uh solid purple game boy advance and that was it. Never updated it. I still have it. That's my that's my GBA. Um, so I think if if I'm going for the whole like this is my only Nintendo console forever, I probably would pick the SP because yeah. better battery life. It had the backlight and it would it could fit in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That clamshell design was like and so rechargeable. Beautiful. No more carrying double A's around. That's true. Yeah, I think I'd go with an SP. Yeah, me Get too. the one that looks like the NES classic. I loved that one. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we talk about Game Boys, it really just makes me want to like start collecting Game Boys. Like I've been like like dancing around the idea of collecting them for a while, and I just know that Sarah would be like, "Why? Why are you buying all these Game Boys?" <laughs> but I want them. Like I really want to have like a fixture on the wall behind me that's just like all of the Game Boys. You know, oh, like yeah, on this so little cool. like IKEA shelf, like backlit, like that would be mm-hmm. so sick. I I was when I was doing this room up with Santa Macaulay because we found uh, an N sixty four controller and a GameCube controller. I said I just want to get an NES controller, SNES controller, and do like a, oh, a Nintendo controllers through the years kind of thing. That'd be cool, like frame it or something, or yeah. like a, like a display. Like yeah, that'd be sick. I kind of want to get another one of these uh, IKEA things I have behind me for my Amiibo and just yeah. just start putting consoles in it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Right. Okay. I think I told you. Was it on the last week's show? Or was it on After Dark that I told you my dad threw out my, that GameCube box? I think it was on After Dark, and I was very upset on on your behalf. He didn't throw it out. He's put it on his own shelf in his office on display. Oh, go take it. Yeah, go I'm take going it. to. My Mega Drive's on there too, so that's coming coming back home yeah, when I get out. Yeah, you gotta grab those, little. man. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you gotta pick those up. All right, so let's jump into the news. Uh, and wouldn't you wouldn't you know? There's uh, one item this week because the last two weeks we actually had news, so we're back to the drought. Uh, so 
there was a uh, an update to my Nintendo's physical rewards actually earlier today. They dropped some new uh, Mario stuff. They had some um, Origami King postcard sets, a Mario Kart Live, um, like home circuit, like lanyard, you know. Uh, and then they had a zipper case with Mario's face on it for games. And then they have a set of three uh, D All Stars posters, where it's the cover to sixty four Galaxy and Sunshine, all with the the three D All Stars logo. Uh, so I wanted to call this out, A, because there's nothing else to talk about this week, but B, because <laughs> we haven't actually talked about the physical rewards on my Nintendo coming back. It happened like a couple weeks back, and it was like there was other stuff to talk about, so it just didn't make the cut. Uh, and I just wanted to like kind of chew on that a little bit because, A, I think I'm going to grab these posters, but B, I was really stoked to see this come back. Like I used to love the um, my Nintendo rewards and like – uh, that was probably the thing I was the most sad to see go in the the transition between the Wii U 3DS era and the Switch era. So I guess I wanted to just see, like, what's your relationship with them been? Have you gotten anything cool from it that you were really into or, like, you know, any stuff that you'd like to see or, you know, did, did these Mario things do anything for you? Like, where are you at with these My Nintendo physical rewards? Yeah, so I uh, I never ever got into Club Nintendo when I was a kid. I remember getting the game, uh, the little voucher things with the scratch off in the the games, uh, but I had no idea what it was and didn't do anything with it when I was a kid. So there's oh, probably no. a bunch of uh, games that I've got at, at my parents' house with just unscratched um, codes that I could just go get a coin and just reminisce of what life could have been. Um, but no, I never ever got any of the physical rewards. They, and so I can't really say I was sad when they went because I never really experienced them in the first place. But sure. this isn't the first time they've come back. They sort of dabbled with it last year. Do you remember when they, it was the Splatoon 2 Splatfest? Um, the final Splatfest, but now they brought them back. And they yeah. did, they did um, T-shirts and they did uh, posters that you could get. Um, then yes. on on my Nintendo, uh, I think you had to pay for the the T-shirts, but the posters were free if you had enough um, platinum points. Um, the biggest thing I'm annoyed about is I had a bunch of platinum points, and there was absolutely nothing to spend them all f- on for years. I collected them, I raked them all up in Mitomo. I used to use that oh, all the time no. and just collect all the platinum points. And uh, now I've only got 500 points left, so I need to really pick and choose what I want. I'm thinking I'm going to get the Dodo Airlines uh, reusable bag rather than the Mario All-Stars posters. But what about you? Uh, Yeah, I am right now uh, actually on the Pikmin 3 site trying to pluck Pikmin so that I can get more points because I've got 620 and I really want to get or forty, and I want to get this, these Mario posters before they're gone. Like those that pin set they had, I wanted that so bad, and I missed it. How much are the posters um, on the on the US uh, site? Because they're only three hundred in the on the UK one. What? They're eight hundred for me. Oh, I've just I've just redeemed them. Yo, that's fucking bullshit, <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? We're gonna rub it in. <laughs> Yo, my bee's uh, going crazy. I'm pressing the. I've got the reward code and everything. How do I use this? <laughs> we'll have to figure it out um but yeah i uh i i'm real s- stoked to see this come back and i i definitely uh want to see them get 
you know, the stuff they've they've added so far has been pretty cool. Like the Mario posters are obviously chill. Uh, they had that Tom Nook keychain that went like that, and I just didn't have enough points for it. So it's definitely got me like I dug out all my games and redeemed the ones that I hadn't redeemed and like got back into it because I haven't really touched it in a minute. Because back in college, uh, I used it a lot. Like I have. It's over in this drawer somewhere. I, I would dig it out if we had a video version, but I have a 3DS case that I got off of there years ago that was like, it's all of the different Zelda, or Zelda, all of the different Link designs from the different that's Zelda cool. games. Um, that was like, that's where I keep all my 3DS games. And uh, I think you used to be able to redeem them for, um, what's what's the, the word I'm looking for? For like vouchers, for like, uh, eShop currency and stuff, and I, I think I used to use it for that before the gold point situation existed. Um, See, I can redeem gold points for vouchers, but that just is exactly the same system as if I just used the gold points when I checked out, so I really don't see the point of that. Right, yeah. Well, that's the thing, is like now there really isn't one, but back then I don't think that's how it worked. Right, okay. I, and someone, you know, can maybe correct me on that if I'm wrong. But um, so, like, aside from the stuff that's already there, can you think of any other stuff you'd like to see, like different franchises you'd like to see re- represented or anything like that? I mean, we've really only seen Mario Splatoon and and um, Animal uh, Crossing. Animal Crossing, yeah. Sorry. Um, I think we could do with some Zelda stuff. I think we probably will see some Zelda stuff next year. I hope. Yeah. You gotta imagine they're gonna do some cool stuff for the 35th anniversary. Yeah. Otherwise, I guess 30th anniversary. It's 30. It's because it, as original Zelda came out a year after Mario Brothers. Um, right. Duh. I'd like to see them keep doing this for every new game they bring out. But then I'd also like to see some new IP from Nintendo at some point. So I'm hoping that maybe we get some rewards with that. That would be nice. I, I would love to see um, some more stuff like like what we've got here. You know, like I like the the posters. Like I like the the Tom Nook keychain. Like I I really want to see you know like nice little like limited edition collectibles like that. That's definitely you know like the kind of shit that I I really look forward to. Yeah, that that Tom Nook thing sold out way too quick because I really wanted that one. I was so bummed about that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I remember Pixel talking about like a cool Pikmin thing he had gotten for like a keychain or something years he, ago. I think so, he got a bunch of like mini Pikmin um, on on Club Nintendo back back was that it way back when yeah. And those things yeah. go for a lot of money on eBay. The mini Pikmin, if you look them up, um, yeah, I bet because they only made them as as Club Nintendo rewards. Right. Yeah. So like that's the kind of stuff that I really want, you know. Um. So yeah, that's uh. That's I'd love to see more of that stuff. I'm I'm glad to see it back. You know, it gives you it gives you an excuse to like go through that that song and dance with it. Um, and worth calling out, you if you buy digital versions of games, it's actually way easy to redeem the. I figured out how to redeem them this week. All you have to do is like uh, look at the the like game details on your Switch, and there's literally just like a, oh redeem button, which is cool. Uh, makes it nice and easy for you. 
All right, so let's jump into the mail pot. Uh, we got a couple good questions this week. This first one comes from Zade, uh, who uh, he included a quick PSA in his email and said, hey, by the time you're hearing this, the Persona 5 spoiler cast is out on patreon.com slash lootpots. It was really amazing and fun experience to talk with one of my podcasting heroes and good friend Pete about my favorite game of all time, and I hope you all get a chance to listen to it, which just that was yeah. so sweet. So I see what I can't believe is is you and Zaid have been berating me for weeks, months even, about playing Persona 5 Royal. And then yeah. you're gonna go make me edit the spoiler cast, so I'm gonna know exactly what happens. I mean That's just listen, harsh. We both we both know that you're not gonna listen to the whole thing. You're gonna go to the time codes and fix the things that are wrong yes, with it, and then correct. it's gonna go out. Yeah. So play the game. Don't don't try to weasel your He he offered to send it to you. To buy you a copy. I know, that was right? so unbelievably generous, and I could never so just, have accepted it. Just do it. Just play the game. All right, so Zade writes in, and this is a follow-up. Uh, oh, and I should say Zade is one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you again, Zade, for your support over on patreon.com slash bluepots. Uh, this is a follow-up to our main topic last week about the the iPhone, like Nintendo abandoning generations for iterative process kind of thing. And Zade wrote in uh, with, with some thoughts and uh, some follow-up questions. So he said, my question for this week revolves around the discussion you guys had about Nintendo adopting the iterative update similar to how Apple comes up with their iPhones every year. Do you think this is a bad strategy for Nintendo? The way I see it is with iterative updates, it allows Nintendo to plan for making new games at a more consistent rate rather than focusing on making the next big Zelda game for the next big Nintendo console, for example. As someone who updates their phone every year, I think this is a great strategy to allow Nintendo to focus on doing what they do best, and that's make really fun and memorable video games. Curious to hear your thoughts, though. Your friendly neighborhood snack guy, Zadita. So we finally met someone, Pete, who upgrades their phone every year because you said you didn't know anyone that did it. And that's why you wrote in. I said, if you don't, if you do it, write <laughs> in and tell me why. Give me, give me your, your updates here. So I, I think I agree with, with him. I think that the iterative process it, where everything just gets steadily a little bit better is great. And I think that ultimately is what PlayStation and Xbox tried to do with the mid-generational update to the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, where it just it was a, just a minor step up, a better resolution, some cases better frame rate. I'd love to see Nintendo doing that. I don't think every single year like Apple manages to do with their phones is is going to work. The development cycles on video games are just way too long in order for for that to to work. Like I think about how long Breath of the Wild was in development. We saw it. I mean, what was it like? E3 2013, it was 14? Like, it was like six years before it yeah. came out, it feels like. It was like a long time ago. <laughs> so for that to happen, I mean, I think you need that generational difference to kind of go, yeah, we're working to this hardware specification. And if your goalpost is constantly shifting, how do you know what's going to work? If you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I do. And I, that, I think, is my – where I get tripped up on it because I think last week when we were talking about it, I was mostly focusing on uh, would would gamers struggle to adopt to that model, right? Would, would gamers look at it the same way? Um, and I, I think – I think it's like really like an interesting problem because I – we talked about how if they do that, that limits their ability to innovate. It limits their ability to like do new things and try new features. And, you know, I think your mileage may vary on some of that stuff, right? Like I, 
Uh, we have a question here we'll talk about from Matt in a minute about how some of Nintendo's gimmicky stuff has kind of like led to interesting problems moving forward with game preservation and stuff. And like there, there are there are, I think just as many pros as cons when it comes to the idea of them getting to do new stuff because for every Wii you have a Wii U, right? So. I, I can see the idea of like, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Keep iterating, iterating on this modular console idea. And I've said that, right? I want every console moving forward from Nintendo to be a modular console and to effectively be a Switch and grow on the idea of the Switch. So if that's what I want, maybe this is the right path forward, right? It's just keep giving me a new, better Switch for the next 20, 30, 40 years of my life and I'll keep buying them. Um, that said, I think there's an interesting wrinkle in terms of power, because, you know, Nintendo has been giving us, you know, lower powered consoles since the GameCube, right? Like, they've never had the strongest console on the market, and that's fine. But, you know, with all the talk we've had of Switch Pro and people wanting this upgrade so that they can play more third-party games and potentially be able to play PS5 and Xbox Series X games on Switch and all that kind of stuff... That speaks to the idea that I think people do want more out of their Nintendo console. But it's like the the example he gave of like Breath of the Wild, or not Breath of the Wild, but like the next big Zelda game, right? Nintendo's franchises are so tied to the platform that they come out on. You know, you get like one Mario game, one 3D Mario game usually per console generation, you know, and you get one big Zelda game. Uh, per console generation or two sometimes you get one at the beginning and one at the end and you know those are often driven forward by the technological advancements and if you know say not breath of the wild to the next big zelda game right whatever the next proper new mainline entry it's brand new from the ground up you're gonna want that to take advantage of the hardware the new hardware that they're offering And if you do have this modular thing where, well, it needs to play on the Switch 2 because this is, you know, and I'm not saying it would actually be called the Switch 2, but we we talked about, say, Switch 2017, right? And then there's a Switch 2020, and then there's a Switch 2023, right? Yeah. Like, where do you draw that line, and how do you draw that line, and how does that impact how software is able to be pushed forward, you know? And, like, you look at something like The Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima, which are, like, these end of the PS4 lifecycle games and how beautiful they look and how, uh, you know, these developers have had the ability to work with this tech for years and really learn the ins and outs of it and kind of take maximum advantage of it before they move on to the next thing. I think that you want to see that on some level from Nintendo, and I don't know that this limits that strategy or that this strategy would limit that innovation, but I worry that it might. Yeah, and I think you can see people worrying that it might with the actual next-gen consoles. There's been a lot of discussion, will the Xbox Series S hold things back because it is that lower-end spec? We're already seeing for um, the Dirt 5... Oh, no, for Destiny... Two to hit 60 frames per second, it has to output 1080p. It doesn't even hit the 1440p on the Xbox Series S. So there is a definite concern there. And there's a definite concern that if Nintendo did do this, are they going to hold things back or are they going to piss consumers off when they just say, right, we're not releasing games for that anymore? And we've already seen that to some extent with Breath of the Wild. Um, when we saw it on the Wii U and they continued to advertise it for a very long time, it was the 
inventory management was entirely going to be done on the gamepad and it was like constantly there and you could quickly like select things to make recipes and um, quickly uh, eat something to replenish your health. But that was then uh, that was then removed because I think they didn't want to make the Switch version for their brand new console feel like kind of a lesser version of the game. And if there's something in the newer consoles, we've already seen that the potentially the Switch Pro that's that's rumored for next year has a new level of interactivity, and we don't know what that is. But is that going to mean that that game only works on the Switch Pro and it doesn't work on the older Switch? I hope right. not. And I do hope they continue to make it backwards compatible. But I think there's already been some games that don't even work on the Switch Lite because they require um, they require Joy-Cons to be, be detached. So it's a, it's a definite possibility. Yeah, I, I guess my question is just like, how do you segment the audience in a way that's natural? Because I know that it works with, with phones, but game consoles aren't phones. You know, and I think like... It's not it's not totally off base to make that comparison, but I think that people are way too soon to compare industries that are very different and tech that is very different and being like, well, it works here, so it would obviously work here. And it's like, ah, I don't think it's the same, right? Like, I don't buy software on my iPhone or my I don't use an iPhone on my Android device. So like, or maybe I've paid for a app. Here and there, do right? you know what, Pete, as an app developer, that makes me very, very sad. But I, I understand and I realize that that is 90% of people on the planet do not pay for mobile software. Right. I mean, like, there, there's one app that I have paid for that I actively use where I have this. It's a comic book tracker. So it's like when you collect comics, you put them on your list. You can track the books that you follow. And, like, it's like a checklist kind of thing. And I paid, like, 30 bucks for the premium version of that, like, two years ago. And, like, it's come with me to every phone I've gotten, right? So... That's cool. If all of a sudden my new phone was like, well, this doesn't work anymore, I would be pissed about that. But I had that's that. a waste. I had it. I had Bioshock on my iPhone 4. Apple and released an update now. for iOS, like whatever it was, iOS 10. I don't fucking know. And then Bioshock stopped working. 2K were like, yeah, we're going to release a patch. We're going to update it so it works on the new version. Never did. It just got removed from the App Store. You can't play Bioshock on your phone anymore. I paid like five, five, five or ten pounds for that game. And now I right, can't so play like, it. I so and like that's a problem, you know. And like I, I, I think that that creates a marketing problem for Nintendo and a PR problem for Nintendo if they go down this route and the segmentation doesn't feel natural or it doesn't feel like they communicated it well. And like we all know, Nintendo's not great at communicating things. So like, I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I think it's. It's an idea that makes me wary specifically because it's Nintendo. The idea of that happening with, like, the Xbox, I feel way more confident that Microsoft would get it right. But maybe that's just me. Uh, so let's jump into uh, that question I mentioned earlier from Left Eye Lazy, another one of our Patreon supporters. He says, do you feel that Nintendo's gimmick console era of the Wii and 3DS and D or D the Wii, DS, 3DS is going to lead to an abundance of lost media in a few years. With the reliance on the Wiimote and dual screen, can those games be saved for play on future consoles? So I I think we're already seeing the effects of that, right? Where, like, uh, there have been a few games that were DS or Wii or Wii U games or whatever that have come over to Switch, and they've had to solve for the fact that the tech has changed, you yep. know, 
um, like the world ends with you is the one that comes to mind for me. That was like a DS game, and oh, they brought a, a switch and Captain yeah, Toad with that stupid blue dot that's in the screen that you just like move around, and it's like this is just not a fun experience with the blue dot. Whereas it originally was on a touch screen, so it made a lot more right. sense. And then even Mario Galaxy, where they've had to map um, the shake of the Wii remote to a button to figure mm-hmm. it out. Right, right. So there are examples of that. And I, I think that's what you're going to see is like the games that are important, you know, and obviously, quote unquote, important means different things to different people. But I think like those kinds of the bigger titles, people will find ways to bring them forward, but they will be compromised versions. And anything else is, I think, at risk of being lost media uh, because like, you know, even a huge problem with those, and I know it's kind of a taboo thing to bring up, but like emulators are huge for video game preservation, and like those consoles and games don't work as well as like a Super Nintendo game or a Game Boy game or whatever. Where like I, you know, if I download a Game Boy emulator on my phone and load up a Game Boy game, it will work ostensibly exactly like the Game Boy did, um, and that's really not possible with 3DS or the DS or the Wii. Um, and I think you look at the Switch, the Joy Cons present a a way to deal with that right like if you want to play mario galaxy in the way that it was originally created and intended you can do that with the uh with the switch um joy cons but you know i think your ability to do those things and have it work is going to be totally contingent on nintendo's willingness to support those things how what does the next iteration of their console like do for motion support like how do all those things play out i don't know but I do think you'll see a lot of lost media. And eventually, right, like all discs, all carts, all consoles, they all will decay. Um, and you're going to depend on aftermarket repair in the way that you see that in the, the Game Boy market, right? Where there's an entire industry. I follow like 10 different people on Instagram where all they do is mod and remake Game Boys and sell them to people who want to play Game Boy games the way that they were originally intended. Um, so... Will it truly be lost? Probably not. There are a lot of people who love video games a lot and work hard to preserve them. Um, but in terms of, you know, like three console generations from now, like how easy is it going to be to port those games? It's going to be tough. Yeah. And I think a lot of games won't get that love and care because there's not a market for it. Your well, favorite th- obscure JRPG will probably not get a port, right? Yeah, and I, mean, I think you've seen that already. The consoles Nintendo's picked to, to add to the Switch Online experience were the NES and the SNES because they already had emulators ready and it was easy-peasy for them to chuck a bunch of ROMs in, whereas you know the, the Galaxy port obviously had a lot more work involved with it. They've had to patch buttons and um, up-res graphics and do all sorts of stuff. Um, but... I. I kind of have another question off of the back of this one is when does a gimmick stop being called a gimmick and when does it just become a feature? Like, I'm sure Rumble at some point was considered a gimmick. Light gun games were all considered gimmicks and they are lost to time because you can't play them the way they were intended because we don't have CRTs and they don't work on LCD screens. But I never really thought the dual screen was felt like a gimmick to me. It just felt like a really cool way to input with a game. I guess on the Wii U, it probably felt a little bit more like a gimmick, but on the DS itself, it felt really well thought out and intentional. So I would argue that just because it's a good gimmick doesn't make it not a gimmick. You know, like, uh, and to me, I think like when something becomes, um, 
when it stops being a gimmick and becomes a like I don't think a gimmick has to be a bad word, right? Like the switch is a gimmick. The fact that it can do what it does, but it's fucking amazing and we love it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I, I thought the dual screen experience on the DS and the 3DS was was mostly good. Um, I didn't love it as much as other people, uh, but like I, if if I had to pick, like I I much prefer the Switch's design. I like the Vita better than the 3DS in terms of it as a console. Maybe not its library, but. The Vita was so, full of gimmicks, though, with that stupid touchpad thing on the back that they used oh, yeah. for, like, I mean, one game. And I, I think that's when it becomes a gimmick, right? Is, like, how much are things actually taking advantage of it? And then is it a thing that is standardized in some way, right? Because, like, to your point, Rumble could have been a gimmick, but it's a thing that's in every single console generation now. It's in every controller. And, you know, it also doesn't matter, if it's not, like if if the next if we found out tomorrow, like oh you know what, Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five, there's no more Rumble. Rumble's dead. You'd be like, oh, all right. But we kind of had that with the PS3 era, and people were upset because it was like motion's away for we're doing six axis now, and then they they went back on that. It turned out it was due to a pattern or something, and that's when the DualShock Three showed up. I think people do would miss would miss Rumble. It's something. It's just in the background. I I think we spoke about it on a few episodes back that I couldn't remember if the um, the the new Mario ports on on Switch had Rumble because it was just there because you don't I guess notice. I, I guess I shouldn't say that people wouldn't care, but it's more that like it wouldn't make it so you couldn't play certain games, right? Yeah, it wouldn't make certain things obsolete. And I think that's like where it becomes a gimmick more for me than like an evolution. Okay. You know, like I, I think motion controls were a gimmick, whether or not they were a good gimmick is up for debate, but like it made a lot of games worse and a lot of people made a play for it. And consumers generally reacted to it. It's like, yeah, I mean, we sports is fun, but otherwise I'm kind of good on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what makes it. That's a gimmick. You know, and like, um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess that's where I would draw the line is like, is it good enough to become a standardized thing? No, I think that's a good, like uh, that's a very good point. Yeah. And let's say, for example, the gimmick that comes to mind on the switch is that IR scanner thing is used right. for what the Labo and a one, two switch game. And that's it. And I can't say that I can't see that they even need to really include it on a switch successor. Exactly. Or like the touchpad on the PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. Or it's like, what the fuck are you using Why that Why is that on like, the new controller? Seriously, who, who uses that? I mean, it was cool to strum some strings out on The Last of Us 2, but like, what else was it used for? I mean, like, I think that there are games that have made better use of it as time has gone on. Like, you look at, like, Ghost of Tsushima, and there's, like, four different actions that are mapped to it with swipes. And, like, that's, like, having four extra buttons on the controller. Um there's similar thing in like so Witcher like where it's like, se- so it took like seven years for a game to really make full advantage of take full advantage of it. Right, yeah. And that's wow. the thing is it's a it's a gimmick. And I think now that we actually have usage for it, it it's probably a feature that we can expect moving forward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this next one um, is actually going to take us into our our uh, our main topic or the last thing we're going to chew on today. This one comes from our own Chewy Plays, who says Nintendo just hired you to choose the 2021 lineup of games. What do you release next year? I've got my list. So I think 
What's that? I've got I've got a list. I was I've been thinking about right. this for like the whole thing. So it's it's the Zelda 30th anniversary. So we're getting those out of the way. We already think there's a Switch Pro. So the release game for that is Breath of the Wild 2. I think we're gonna have an, a, a really quiet first quarter, and then we're gonna have March. Bam! Breath of the Wild 2 launch game with the Switch Pro plays at like 60 frames per second or 4K or whatever. I also think we'll get the Zelda All-Stars collection, which will be um, probably Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess, which we discussed before. And then it's just a dream list for me of games that I want. So I want Splatoon 3, because we're ready for a new Splatoon. Ooh, all right. (laughs) I want a Pokemon Let's Go game, because I like those, and I think we probably could do with an off year for Pokemon. Uh, the Metroid Prime Trilogy, because I've never played it, and I think it's time that they gave something for Metroid fans. And I want a new IP, but I have no idea what that is, so maybe we can think about that together. Okay. So let's just make... We'll make a list together, because I, I like your ideas, and I think there's a lot of crossover. So I heavily endorse Breath of the Wild 2 alongside a Switch Pro in March. I think uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy as like the like early spring or late spring, early summer, like here's a port to tide you over game. Lock that in right there. That sounds great. Um, I'm all about a a Triforce collection, whatever the fuck you want to call it or whatever that has. That's a good name. I um, bet they call it, isn't that? That'd be Triforce something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's another slam dunk. You put that at the end of the year. It's a huge holiday seller. I think that's an an easy win. Um, I'm with you on on Pokemon Let's Go. I think we do Pokemon Let's Go Johto because I I was gonna say to do the uh, Gen Four remakes, but I'm actually with you where I think I'd like a year off. You know, we just did the DLC. Like, go away, put more time into working with the engine. Like, Let's Go Johto is a very very clear roadmap to what that game should look like and should be. Um, so give us that, right? Like, give us a game that tides us over. It's an easy September. November release, something like that. It's, you know, a quote unquote big game that probably doesn't take a ton of resources to put together. Um, I'm fine with Splatoon 3, but I think what I'd rather see is a Super Mario Party 2. That's uh, yeah, actually good. Awesome DLC for Mario Party. I'd be fine with that we, because. We did get that DLC recently, but like, it was like a free update kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really any extra boards or any extra mini games or anything that i would want so what what i would say is let's give either super mario party 2 that like gets it right or we get uh a switch version of that like all you know oh yeah the mario party collection yeah whatever yeah i think do that but rather than it being a collection i'd be fine with it being a collection but i would rather it just be like um what they did with uh crash team racing remastered or with like the Tony Ox Pro Skater 1 and 2 where it's like okay it's all of the boards and gameplay from Super Mario Party 1 through 4 we'll say or or even just 1 through 3 you know like with updated graphics and you know whatever other bells and whistles you want to add um give us like the cream of the crop best Mario Party boards and mini games all in one package and that I can seamlessly go between them and you know that would be Whatever cool. you got to do to make that work. Because I think that's a slam dunk, too. And it's, like, a game that I think would be people would be, like, really into. Um, and similarly, uh, I would love to see another, like, good Mario sports title. Yeah. You know, like, um, Tennis Aces really didn't hit for me. Um, so, like, 
a Mario Golf or a Strikers or a baseball or whatever. Like something like that, I think would be I, fun. Because I don't know that they'll the, bother though. But I guess it's I our choice. I, yeah. I think you're probably right that they won't. But like to me, the sports sim genre is the place where the Switch is like most sorely ra- lacking because EA is just shit the bed. Um, oh yeah, FIFA we never even spoke about the FIFA stuff, have we? On the show, I was gonna bring it up for this week, but it's like such. It was so long ago now. Like it happened the day after we recorded, yeah. so it's like so such old news. We can just say but, now that EA's disgusting, and um, putting out a legacy version of a game is a real trash thing to do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bad move. Um, so I, I think like with that in mind, Nintendo trying to like step up and fill that niche in their own fun way is is definitely like a, a good idea and something I'd love to see. I love those um, arcade-style sports games. I always have. I think me too. And nobody really makes them anymore. No, it's like it's a, like you get indie versions of some of them, and and those are good. But getting it with the Nintendo IP, like yeah, that would obviously be a big deal. Um, so like I, there are other things I can think of that are like wish list things or whatever. But what like, about like a three D Mario? Because we we've not really had a new one since the year of Breath of the Wild. And if we're thinking Breath of the Wild two is next year, could we get a repeat of that with an Odyssey two? I think you could, but if you're asking me what I would do, I wouldn't do that. No, I, I think I'd that push it back to twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I think in the year of the Switch launching, that was a really, really compelling one-two punch for like you got to buy this fucking thing. Two of the best games of the year on this thing, and it's the two biggest franchises that you've been looking for, or whatever. Like, obviously, you you want to hit hard now. Like, the Switch is rolling. They don't need big heavy hitters like that. They just don't. Um, or they do, but they need less of them, right? This year is uh, proof of that. They've sold more Switches this year than ever, and you know everybody is arguing how they have like a smaller output. So I would love to see that. The last thing I'll call out is uh, I would love for it to be time for a follow-up to Three Houses because they have a great engine for Fire Emblem, and I just want to see another one like I, I in that same style. What's that? I think it's too early. That game got I, I delayed and delayed and delayed. I um, think you're right that it's too early, but in this like dream scenario where I can yeah. say, "Oh, it's ready." Like assume that, you know, the engine is already done so they can just like I don't think they need to change the art style. I don't think they need to change any of that stuff. Like just give us another game in that engine with a new cast of characters, a new locale, all that stuff. Um and I I'd, I'd be really satisfied with that. So I think that that to me, if we got even half of that, that would be a really strong year. Um, so like in a perfect world where we're getting to decide the cadence of this shit, I think that would be like, you'd be like, wow, this is probably the most fire year since the Switch came out, huh? <laughs> How wild is it going to be that Breath of the Wild is probably going to release in the same year as Horizon again? I know. I really hope they're not on top of each other again. <laughs> <laughs> Same week. But this time, Aloy's got a uh, paraglider and she can go around the place because that was the biggest issue I had with it. I'd go from Breath of the Wild. I'd go back to Horizon. I'd jump off something. Just leap and she'd off just, a cliff. She'd just die. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be nice. Something I was thinking that might be cool is like maybe they... Um, did you play much? You played enough Horizon to get to the point where you could get the mount, right? Oh, yeah, I finished that game, and um, okay. I never did the DLC. I bought the DLC, but I couldn't get into it. I, I wanted to play it so bad, but I was just not good at the game anymore. Yeah. Um, I think I might replay it again on my PS5, but that's another story. Um, 
what I uh, the reason I brought that up was I was thinking about this recently about like how do they solve that problem because I think a lot of open world games are probably thinking like how do we get a glider how do we do that you know how do we get the the same kind of traversal um, that you enjoyed in Breath of the Wild and I wonder if they might not be able to have like a flying mount where there's like a you know like a pterodactyl robot or something yeah. that you can hack into and then that's how you could fly around. Yeah, I could definitely could see work. that. I used to hate the uh, the flying bird things, so maybe you can take over one of those. That'd be cool. Yeah. But I, I loved that question, Chewy, so thanks for writing in with that one. I thought that was a, a fun topic to chew into. And, uh, you know, Nintendo, as always, if you need any advice, hit us up. We're happy to, to come consult and help you, you know, um, just run the game and, and really, really get it right, you know, uh, with yeah. expertise like ours. We're going to have to so, nail some of these into actual predictions. And we need to do a proper 2021 prediction show. Lock, we're going to do that this year lock, for sure. Lock that in, and we'll do that bet on what game we're going to be playing if the other person loses. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, who do I say? Asobi, Doc... One of you guys keep me, Zade, one of you guys keep me honest, all right? Make sure we do that. Make sure you keep track of it. I know that Doc's already got our last, he's got time codes and everything. He's oh ready to God. keep us honest on our last bet. So uh, we'll what was see even how that the last works bet? Out. Oh, that was the Switch Pro, The right? Switch Pro. Yeah. yeah. I remember now. And all, all that stuff. So uh, with that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, if you want to get some more content from us, head over to the Twitch channel on Thursdays uh, where next week we'll either be streaming some Jackbox or some Animal Crossing or something. So go join us over there. Come hang out. Come be a part of it. Come join the Discord. Get your questions right on the air like all these fine folks did in the mail pot. And of course, if you want to get your hands on the Persona 5 Royal Spoiler Cast with me and Mr. Zaid Ida, you can head over to patreon.com slash pots. And for just a buck, you can show your support and get a little bit of extra loot pots in your week every week. So I hope you'll go do those things. I hope you'll come join us on our next stream. And with that, it's podcast signing off. We'll catch you next week.